All right, folks, it's official. CCBR is going back to Florida in February 2024. Stay tuned for everything you need to know. Hi, folks. Welcome back to the Pro-Life Guys podcast, the show dedicated to equipping you with the tools that you need to have compassionate and compelling conversations about abortion. So together we can change minds, save lives, and transform our culture. My name is Cam. I'm the host of the show. And today we are talking Florida. We are going back to Florida, fans, folks, um, fans, folks, uh, folks, we're going back to Florida. We we went to Florida every year from um, 2010 to 2020. Holy moly, 11 years straight. COVID obviously threw a massive wrench into that. And this, we are going back to Florida for the first time since the pandemic. I am super, super excited. I will be there. I'll be one of the people speaking. I'll be one of the people driving the truck. I'll be one of the people doing a lot of different things down in Florida. I am stoked, and I am going to be joined by Vanessa Otten, uh, one of our shining stars out of our Ontario office. You've heard her on the show before to talk all about Florida. Um, a little bit of background on it. I'm trying to wear my best Florida shirt. Um, I, don't, I don't really do Hawaiian shirts or Florida shirts very well, but whenever I wear the shirt, I feel like um, it's a bit of a shout-out to Florida for whatever reason. I don't really know why that is, but... Um, Florida's fantastic. I We've been doing Florida for a really long time. It is an incredible way, as you're going to hear, um, to not only get a ton of experience talking to people about abortion, but also obviously to get a lot of that foundational training. Uh, maybe you've been trained before. Maybe you have been doing activism for a long time. Regardless of where you're at, you should absolutely consider doing this. And so you should stay tuned for this conversation that I had with Vanessa Otten. So here it is. All right, Vanessa, thanks a ton for taking the time to join the Pro-Life Guys podcast. How are you doing? Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, very good. Thank you. Good to hear. You just got back from Ohio. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. How- we took a group down there. Okay. How was that? Obviously, the for anyone who's not aware, um, by the time this is published, the, the referendum, I believe it's being called, will have been counted because I'm pretty yeah. sure that it's getting voted on on um, the day of recording. But maybe can you give us like a 30-second elevator pitch on what you guys were doing down there? Yeah, for sure. So um, obviously, it's very important to um, for people to get out and vote um, as close to the election as we were doing outreach. So we were very much encouraging people to vote no to the new issue that's going on, getting trying to get passed. And um, yeah, so we did a lot of door knocking. Um, other people were doing phone calls, getting people to go out and vote. And then we did one day on a campus talking to people. Um, it was really exciting. Our team talked to 17 people who said they would change how they'd vote, like not just go out and vote, but actually change the way they'd vote. Um, We had a lot of people change people's mind. Um, It was a great trip. People were very excited. Yeah. That's awesome. And and I would say as with any um, kind of marriage between the educational and political arm i uh, i mean lord willing the the results of today's kind of vote will be very favorable and the preborn children will be protected but i i can't mm-hmm. um talk enough obviously about the importance of even those con- kind of conversations and um by way of segue because that's what i do as a, a host of so you guys went down to ohio in in october um and we had ccpr going down to florida in february not just because there's a little bit of alliteration going on there um but that, that's what we're going to talk about today uh the florida trip sorry for everyone that's cringing over that transition holy moly um <laughs> we're going down to florida and and there's a lot of questions i think that we can answer on this episode about why florida aap is going to be awesome but I want to kind of roll back the um, the time a little bit. You've been down to Florida twice, is that correct? Yes, yeah. 
Cool. Tell me about your first time down. First time down, you were not on staff at the time, I don't believe. What what was kind of going through your mind? Was this kind of early in your involvement with CCBR? Was this, um, you've been involved for a long time and, and Florida was just the next natural step? Tell me about your journey down to Florida for the first time. Yeah, for sure. So I was involved a lot in my local community group before joining. Um, and then I joined Florida um yeah like you were saying kind of natural next step i heard a lot of people doing it so i was like you know what like let's go this is great i went to florida um yeah it was it was different in some ways than i expected and in some ways i was like oh this is what the pictures are like this makes sense um so it was very i got a lot more practice than i ever thought i would in pro-life apologetics it was like a week full of like having conversations, getting feedback on them, a lot of mentorship. Um, yeah. And then also just, it was really great being on those campuses. There's so much opportunity for conversations. So I loved it. Very much loved it. And I mean, obviously it's nice going in February when it's a little cold here. <laughs> yeah. And maybe that that's a quick kind of sidebar follow question of like, why do we go to Florida in February? I, I mean, of all the places that we could go, especially as a Canadian organization, why are we going to Florida in February? Why, what's your, your um, explanation on that? Yeah, um, well, it's a great opportunity to go to um, not just a warm place because there's a poll about that as well, but also in the States on campuses, there's a lot of a lot more freedom of speech than we have here in Canada. Um, so it's, uh, sometimes a nicer environment to learn on, on a campus, like, like the ones in Florida. So, um, we've been going for quite a few years now and we have a connection with an organization out in the States. So we partner with them, run the project. Um, and yeah, it's a great opportunity to practice conversations and pull people into the movement at like a time where here in Canada, it's a little colder. So there's a little less pull to be out in the streets. <laughs> um, but yeah. Bingo. I, I think it's bang on. I, one other thing that comes to my mind is that for, for those of you who may be uh, in college or university or, or whatever kind of, um, I think those are the only two kind of post-secondary, uh, we try to line this up with the post-secondary reading break in February. So we're going to go down for two weeks in February. And so if if normally on reading break, you take a little bit of extra time to do some personal stuff, you do some snowshoeing or some cross-country skiing, or maybe you're just kind of trying to catch up on homework or something like that. Um, Florida is a great option because we try to align it that way. For those who are just kind of working or in between stuff, um, it, it's a great time of year as well. I, I want to get your take on this, Vanessa, because this is how I often explain it. I, I'm curious as to whether or not you've had a similar experience. When I talk about the difference between Canadian culture and American culture and why another reason why we go down there. So I, I try to think of this. I like in Canada, if, if I'm in a coffee shop, say at Tim Hortons, for example, if I'm in a Tim Hortons and I go up to 10 random strangers and I say like, hey, how's it going? I would anticipate that like nine out of 10 people are going to respond by like, oh, it's good. How are you? And, and like we will have a surface level conversation for like 30 mm -hmm. seconds, a minute, maybe a couple minutes, and then they're going to go on with their date. If I ask 10 random people in a Canadian coffee shop what they think about abortion, like eight out of 10, nine out of 10 are going to give me a really weird look at like, what are you talking about? Like, why would you ever ask me that? And they're going to be super weirded out. And we might try to draw them into conversation, especially somebody like you who's had lots of practice drawing them into conversation, that kind of thing. But like the overwhelming majority of people are going to be super weirded out and really hesitant to have a conversation. Whereas my experience, so I, I've been down to Florida four times now. This would be my fifth year going down, um, is the exact opposite. 
you go up to like 10 random Americans uh, in Florida. I don't know if this is all the way across America, but my experience in Florida, you go up to 10 random Americans like, hey, how's it going? And like nine out of 10 people are like, do I know you? Like, like what, what do you want? What do you want? Like, I don't have any money. Like, go away kind of thing. And yet if you ask 10 random Americans, um, what do you think about abortion? What do you think about politics? What do you think about religion? Whatever, the, the heavy stuff, they are far more likely to dive into a conversation. I know it's a really long-winded question, but has your experience been a little bit similar that, that by and large Americans, maybe just American college students in Florida, whatever it may be, seem to be far more open to having conversations about abortion? Yeah, I would, I would probably definitely agree with you. Um, on the campuses, even in Ohio, what we noticed, and mm -hmm. I, I was like, oh, this is funny. This feels like a Florida type of situation. Um, on campuses in the United States, it is very much nicer and to have those conversations because, yes, people are more open to talking about that um, than we are here in Canada by a long shot. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and maybe let's talk a little bit more about that Florida experience. And, and actually, no, sorry, one more quick anecdote. Um, that uh, So I, I applied to be part of the first ever Florida team down in 2010. Um, I applied to be part of it. It was right after I got guilt tripped into helping with a Stephanie Gray um, debate in Victoria. And she rocked my world. And I was like, oh, my goodness. what? A, uh, she was inviting people to do the Florida mission trip. And I applied and I got soundly rejected because I was in <laughs> no way prepared to go down to Florida. I had just barely gotten involved in the pro-life movement. And she was, must have thought, like, who is this schmuck thinking that he can come down on our inaugural <laughs> voyage? I went down in the second year in 2011 and then 2012 again. Um, so just a funny story about that. But what could somebody expect going down to Florida? I mean, whether it's somebody who's been active in the movement, whether it's somebody who's brand new and the idea of spending all day on campus talking to people about abortion is a little bit intimidating. Maybe walk us through what the timeline looks like for um, not only the, the application process and kind of the preparations that go into getting to Florida, but also the Florida experience itself. Yeah, for sure. So um, obviously the applications are open now. Um, please apply soon. Um, and we have, we'll be reaching out um, uh, to references and then um, getting certain applicants um, accepted, as many as we possibly can, obviously. And um, we'll send you information leading up to Florida with some apologetics that you can look into if you have time beforehand. Uh, the first day that you arrive, everyone is like a travel day. Everyone comes on the Friday, settles in, and Saturday, we spend the whole day um, training you. So. Don't feel like you'll go get thrown in the deep end, no training, and we'll just sink or swim. Um, <laughs> it's a lot more like we want to mentor everyone how to have these conversations effectively. Um, there'll be a lot of practice beforehand as well. So we'll teach you, we'll practice it back and forth, get yourself more comfortable with it. And then we go out to campus the next week. So starting on Monday, we go to um, campuses, we set up a large display. And then there are many people walking by who you have the opportunity to have conversations with. Um, so the display kind of already like sets the tone on the campus so people know what you're going to talk about, um, which is sometimes easier then. Uh, <laughs> and then having people, um, there are staff members all around who will mentor you and um, you have a conversation. You're like, hey, I totally forgot what the response was to this. How do you respond again? Um, and we talk it through um, and then you go back out and have more conversations, get feedback on them. Um, yeah, so we spend a few days on the campus and um, then we also visit um, an abortion clinic. And that, I mean, the first time I ever went, that was, wow, a very sobering experience. and. 
Um, I actually talked to someone who changed their mind on abortion um, in there. I get update pictures every few years of this cute little kid. <laughs> um, that's a whole, that's a long story, but for another day, but anyway, very cool experience at the um, abortion clinic. It's something that we can't do here in Canada um, because of our bubble zones. And so um, it gives us a lot of perspective um, going to the clinic. So we take the teams, um, we rotate. So half the team goes in the morning and half the team will go the other half of the day. Um, and yeah, so it, we want to build in the full experience, have conversations, but we also want during the trip for everyone to get to be like right there and see what is actually going on with abortions. Um, and what, what are we actually doing? Why do we fight hard? Why are we working against this? Um, so yeah, that's, it, that's what your week would look like in a nutshell. That, that's awesome. I, I really appreciate that summary. And, and I'll, I'll dive into to mine a, a little bit further into some of those of um, just, I, I can't speak highly enough about the training that happens on the Saturday. We're going to have several different speakers that are contributing. Vanessa, I anticipate that you're probably going to do a little bit of that training. Um, maybe maybe yes. you're dodging that bullet this year. I will um, potentially be doing a little bit of that training um, as well. It's a really good day. And, and not only a day to get a ton of information um, sunk into your brain, but also obviously, like you mentioned, to meet all of the other attendees where we're anticipating. Is it fair to say that we're probably looking at between 20 and 25 attendees per week? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that that's where we'll meet everybody. And then I, I don't know if this has been worked on. I, I should have asked Carolyn before this. Do you know if we are staying at a retreat center for that weekend of training and then host homes through the week? I know that's what we've often done in the past to yeah. be able to like really draw everyone together and, and build that core community over the weekend with training yeah. and, and dialogue kind of thing. But we're still and looking into the host homes right gotcha. now and the, the retreat. Yeah. Gotcha. Super, super cool. And then the campus stuff. Well, let's talk a little bit more. Obviously, this is the meat and potatoes of the trip. This is the whole reason to go down, the the time spent on campus. And I know that I'm kind of putting you on the spot here to, to rank your favorite forms of activism. Um, and I won't <laughs> ask you where, where you rank door knocking, because I, I know where a lot of people rank door knocking, even though door knocking has become arguably one of my favorite. But I, in my personal experience, um, Abortion Awareness Project, which is what AAP stands for, Abortion Awareness Project, is one of, if not my favorite activism projects. And I don't know if it's the same for you, but where, where would you generally rank Abortion Awareness Project and why with regards to what you find the most effective, the most, um, with, I don't know if enjoyable is quite the right word, but, but uh, the project that you appreciate the most, I guess, where does it rank for you? Oh yeah, right up there with Choice Chin. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love, I love, love having conversations with people about abortion. So um, this week is like, Full of that, as well as the community. I don't know if anyone else has realized this, but the community in the pro life movement is great. And so you're not just a lone duck out there. There's a lot of other people who you're working with. So um, even on weeks like Florida, um, you you get to know the group of people that you're with very well. You stay in host homes together. Um, we all are like, it's a new experience for a bunch of people. And so everyone just like bonds together. We go out, we talk to people at a campus. Um, and so very enjoyable experience. Love Florida for that. Yep. 
Absolutely. That does not surprise me at all. And I, I mean this with all sincerity. I, I would expect that very answer from you because I remember when you were here in Calgary, um, you, you did some time. Um, God, that sounds, sounds like a prison sentence, basically. But uh, you, were, you were in Calgary for a little bit. And I remember uh, one of the first choice chains that, that you and I were working together on. And, and I had paired you up with, with somebody. And, and in Calgary, we are far too rigid. I apologize to all the people in Calgary. I'm super rigid when it comes to activism protocol. And I, I, I was like, Vanessa, you can stand over here with this other person and I turned my back and I turned back and you were gone and you would like charge down the road with your sign to like <laughs> track somebody down to have a really good conversation and then it was like oh but that's not how we do it here but you just changed that person's <laughs> mind so that's awesome so uh, what do I do and yet that's one of the beautiful things about about AAP right that that you're fluid and flexible and you're able to mm-hmm. At, at times be a little bit more selective, right, in who you're engaging in conversation. Certainly, there's gonna be a few people that kind of stand behind the barricade, which doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot to people that have never been there before. But we've got our big display, we've got kind of a security barricade around it, just so that everyone's safe, nobody gets too close to the, the display. We've got a few people there that that most of the most ardent um, abortion advocates will go up and talk to that kind of thing. But for most attendees, they're kind of scanning the horizon and try to find somebody who maybe has stopped and is looking at the images. Maybe they're on their way walking past for class and you're kind of able to approach somebody in a different kind of way at times than choice. Gene. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, people even just like, cause the display is quite large. And so you walk by and people see it. Um, but it's very easy to like then peg people off and like, Hey, what do you think about this? Um, have you ever yeah, thought about abortion? Um, and then I've walked many people to class or had a really good conversation, sit on a bench with someone um, inside of the display kind of thing, just pointing to the images, having conversations. Oh, very, yeah, very much so. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the other things that I love is that, that I, I don't know if you're one of the people that does it, but I know there's some people that will go down and, and try to play the little bit of an am, ambiguous card as to whether or not you're affiliated with the display. Because um, like for Choice Gen, obviously, you're holding a sign. For door knocking, you're literally the one asking the questions. There's no ambiguity as to what side you stand on. Whereas th- there's been a number of people <laughs> that will kind of sidle up beside somebody like, what do you think about this? Like, what do you think about these pictures? And, and I feel like it's five, 10 minutes before they even reveal like, oh, I'm, I'm actually with this display. And I'd love to ask you this, this other question is, is that where you're at? Are you, are you a little bit coy with, with how you approach it? Or are you straight up like, hi, my name is Vanessa. I work for this display. Like, I'd love to talk to you about this. Where are you at? I, on it? I am a direct person. And so I normally am pretty obvious that I'm part of the, part of the display, but I have, heard many people do exactly what you're talking about and it working very well and like wow cool story <laughs> yeah, yeah totally which is something that I, I know that while we're down there with the training that we're going to encourage people not to try to be quote unquote too selective, that this isn't a matter of, um, well, I, I only talk to um, young reserved people or I only talk to this kind of person or that kind of person. We want to encourage people to talk to everybody, but I do find it a little bit comforting where with the, the sheer volume of students that are going to be coming by and engaging with the display and how open so many of them are, mm-hmm. for somebody who might be a little bit new to um, having proactive conversations about abortion it can be a little bit more comfortable as you pace yourself in conversation right that at at times especially for like a university or high school choice chain it it feels like you are just nonstop the entire time you have a, a constant barrage of people where again in florida you might have a little bit more time to catch your breath between conversations yeah yeah definitely 
Absolutely. Um, one of the last things that I, I want to talk to you about is the value of momentum. And what I mean by that is that for a lot of volunteers, whether they're a, a campus pro-life person, whether it's a, a community volunteer, whatever it may be, it can be difficult to build that kind of threshold of capacity because of the limitations of your schedule, right? Where um, you've got somebody who is coming out once a, once a week or once a month and okay, you come out to a choice chain once a week, say, and, and you have three, four conversations in a hour, hour and a half choice chain. Okay. That's really cool. I mean, you get some good feedback during the debrief. And so that means that to get 50 conversations, you are coming out for almost an entire year before you've had 50 conversations um, and, and really built that kind of, background of, okay, I've, I've done a lot of conversations. I've, I've learned from my mistakes, all that kind of thing. It's difficult to learn from your mistakes or learn from your successes when you're only having a small number of conversations per week. And yet at Florida, um, that that's entirely different. You're probably going to have at least 50 conversations in the span of a single week rather than in the span of an entire year. As somebody who's been so involved with the community group uh, in the past before you came on staff, and then also since your time being on staff, maybe maybe say a few words about the value of having that um, kind of deep dive and getting so many conversations in such a short period of time. Yeah, I love Florida for that reason. Um, just to be able to um, have people... So I remember um, the last year that we went, it's been a couple of years because of COVID, but um, the last year that we went, People going from like, yes, I've done some choice chains and like, I'm like kind of getting comfortable, but I'm not really there to like, whoa, I've never had this many conversations in a day. Um, I can't believe I feel so much better already to day two being like, oh man, I'm so excited. Like, yeah, let's do this. Uh, to at the end of the week being like, I'm an expert. I mean, <laughs> um, just I'm being a little dramatic, but like the, the amount that you grow in a week is, is great because exactly that, because you have so, you have the opportunity to have so many good conversations, um, in one week, um, with like back to back, also debrief some time of break, going back into it. Um, it is beautiful. And like, I would encourage everyone who's part of even, yeah, the regular choice chains that we do with community groups. If you have an opportunity to join Florida, oh, please do. Like <laughs> that is definitely where you would um, hone in on your skills and you will get a lot more practice. Um, just you'll see different trends that you do in conversations. You're like, oh, funny, that didn't work so well. And you have like 10 minutes later, you can try another conversation. Um, oh, it's yeah. Very good for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's so cool how you're all learning from each other. And at the end of the day, we're going to have a big group debrief and talk through how conversations went and struggles to people um, went through. And, and it's really comforting as well. When you've got this massive team, um, not only is it basically guaranteed that at least some people are going to have some really cool stories, um, if not everybody, but also that everyone else is going to have had difficult conversations. And not only are you going to learn from the, the hard conversations that you yourself had, but also mm -hmm. you're going to be able to learn from the conversations that your peers and your friends that you're building through the experience have had as well. Yeah, for sure. And so as we as we pivot towards, okay, hopefully everyone is super fired up on um, on going. Where do people learn more? Where do people apply? What should people expect in the application process? Good question. Um, on our website, you can go. Um, so endthekilling.ca, you can find um, the Florida AAP project. And 
Uh, the application process is pretty um, comparatively short to some of our other programs, and so it will not take you long to apply at all. Please do. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, as we already mentioned, the applications are already open, um, and actually the deadline is coming up quite soon. So highly recommend that you uh, <laughs> consider it right now. Um, we would love to have you join us for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I will drop the link um, in the show notes below. Registration is $400 and that'll cover um, the, the registration cost, cover accommodations and food while you're down there. The only additional cost that you have is flights. Um, or maybe we can talk a moment about those that might have an opportunity to drive down with our team from Ontario. But regardless of whether you fly or whether you drive, um, there'll be a little bit of support. I, I anticipate, Vanessa, for how somebody might even be able to fundraise a portion, if not all of their expense. Do we do any kind of fundraising support? Yes. So um, actually, we've already got that question from a few applicants already. Um, for those interested, absolutely. Um, we will send you some resources on fundraising. And if you'd like, you can schedule a call with one of us. Um, we'll walk you through it. Um, there are definitely people every year who do fundraise um, to, yeah. Do this trip so that's definitely an option and then cam also mentioned um there you also mentioned the uh ability to drive with us so we take down some vans from our office here in toronto so yeah um if there's space i obviously can't guarantee you a seat right now but um we often have many seats um available to drive with us so um also we'll be talking to you about that and please let us know if you're interested Absolutely. Lastly, and I'm going to say, and I'll give you the last word after, after I'm done, kind of my last little kind of a pitch and appeal kind of thing. I remember, um, as I mentioned off the top of how I got rejected from my first Florida AAP, I wasn't ready for it. Um, but honestly, the most convicting thing afterwards, and the reason why I applied for a second year, and I knew that it was such a good fit was because the three people who came back, there's three people from the University of Victoria that I attended who went down on that first uh, Florida AAP in 2010. And they came back absolutely transformed. And the rest of us uh, within the Campus Pro Life Club, we're trying to play catch up for the rest of the year of these three girls were just absolutely on fire for doing everything that they possibly could to be the most effective pro-lifers imaginable. And that's kind of a word of encouragement that I want to offer to anybody who's who's tied in, whether with a formal club or not, whether... Um, you have been down to Florida, whether, especially if this is your first time, absolutely apply, not only because of what you can benefit from being down there, but don't be the person that gets left behind, right? Especially if you've got a friend or like, oh, there's two people from our club going already. We'll learn everything from them once they get back. You are going to have a really hard time keeping up with people once they get back from Florida because they're going to be on so much on fire for doing effective pro-life work that um, please every single person apply because there's so much benefit that each of you have um, from this opportunity and and you're each going to grow in different ways and don't think that there's going to be any degree of redundancy of well I don't need to go because my best friend is going and I'll just learn everything from her when she gets back or something like that you cannot replicate the experience of having that volume of conversations that's my final plug yeah. Vanessa I'll give you the last word what's your final yeah. plug for people to okay. do AAP a hundred percent what you said, Cam. Um, guys, if you are looking for an opportunity to get involved in the pro-life movement, like if you can make Florida, this is it. Please do. Uh, <laughs> this is such a high quality training and experience week. Uh, very few short-term trips like this. Um, this would be like one of your only and best opportunities. So I would highly recommend people apply. Um, it changes a lot of people. 
I remember at the, we do a closing talk at the end of um, every week and it is, you just watch how people change over the week and just your awareness of what's going on in the culture regarding abortion, um, your passion for like, oh dear, like this is a huge problem that we have to do something about. And also the, your ability to do something. Um, people now know what to do. It's not just like this huge topic of abortion out there. Like, oh, that's really sad that it's happening. But what can we do? I don't really know. That kind of thing. It's like, no, I actually know how to change people's mind on abortion now. Um, so highly recommend if you can. And please jump through the hoops if you have to. Um, apply for Florida. Come join us this February. Absolutely. Thank you so, so much, uh, Vanessa. I really appreciate the time and, and for the, the stories and the, and the background on Florida um, and all the best with all the Florida preparations that you're a part of uh, between now and when we launch down there mid-February 2024. Thank you. My pleasure, Kim. Looking forward to it. All right, folks, that is my conversation with Vanessa Otten um, about Florida AAP. We are back at it again. I am thrilled to be a part of the team going down there. I am so excited that we finally get to go back. It has been hard not having Florida over the last couple of years. It's something that a lot of us staff look forward to year over year. Um, I, as I mentioned in the episode, um, this will be the fifth time that I have gone down, Lord willing. Um, went down in 2011, 2012, 2014, and 2020. Um, we're back down there again. I am super excited. It was always really cool, not only um, for me to be able to see the other staff members, but also to see all of these um, volunteers, these um, campus students, community group um, folks, whomever you may be um, being down there. And so I cannot encourage you enough to go down. Um, I am working hard on a promo code. And so hopefully there will be a promo code um, in the show notes below for ye faithful uh, pro-life guy podcast listeners that um, will get you a little bit off of the um, registration fee. Um, if there isn't a promo code, then I have Manila thumb rest of my way around that because we are past the early bird deadline. But um, do not be deterred. Even if you're listening to this, if you are listening to this after the um, deadline is over, do still apply. We always, unfortunately, have dropouts for one reason or another, whether it's health, whether it's other commitments, whether it's um, different factors that contribute towards it. If you are listening to this sometime in November, sometime in December, you know what? Even sometime in January, just send in an application. You never know um, what's going to happen. You never know how um, openings and spots are going to be there. And so fill out an application. Um, and you know what, don't allow it to be, you know what, I'll do it next year. Um, because you have no idea what next year is going to hold for you. And I have no idea what next year is going to hold for you. I, there's very few people uh, walking this earth right now that know what next year is going to hold for you. And so you might have the opportunity next year, you might not. And so if there's a world in which you can make things work this year, please, please, please do so if at all possible. And so um, that's everything on my end. Apply for Florida AAP. It is an absolutely incredible experience. Um, and I hope to see you there. Thanks a ton. And may God bless you abundantly wherever you're at, however many hours are left in your day. Hey.